You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. And Logan, in a couple minutes, we have an incredible conversation um, with, with your former college teammate and one of the guys that Eric Bieniemy helped launch into a borderline Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew is going to join us from NFL Network in just a little bit. But first, kick around a, a couple things, uh, and then, then we'll get to the chat with MJD. Uh, first, the staff movement, uh, real quick. Uh, as we record this, it's about 2.30 p.m. on, what's today, Wednesday. Um, so we know that Drew Terrell is going to leave. We know that Jim Hostler, the senior offensive assistant, is going to leave. We still are waiting to hear on Matt Scow. There's a report from Jeremy Fowler that Zampezi uh, is probably going to stick around but might not be at quarterbacks. Um, what do you just? What do you make generally of all the movement, especially Terrell, probably the brightest young <clears throat> coach on the staff? headed out to Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I think that's great for Terrell. I think that's what you want. I think a lot of people were very um, critical of the staff and saying there wasn't a lot of kind of young talent. And here's an example of a guy who's young and very talented. And, um, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of like, you know, why wasn't he promoted sooner? Or why didn't they try to promote him internally or give him an opportunity to work with EB? But really happy for Terrell. Um, I think the remainder of the staff movement is interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Sam Peasy. I think they'll want to keep him around because by all accounts seems to have an outstanding relationship with Sam Howell. So yeah. want to see that some more. And then I think the big one is Matt Scow, you know, like whether or not they kind of jive um, him and EB and whether the philosophies work, because um, as much as people kind of forget about the offensive line coach, he's really your fourth coordinator, you know, your defensive coordinator, um, offensive quarter, special teams, and then your O-line coach is usually paid and treated like a coordinator on the staff. So a very important position. Um, be interesting to see what that what happens with that over the next couple of days. In terms of timeline, how important is this to get done quickly? Because the combine is next week. Yeah. Um, it's not – I don't think it's as important. Because, like, you know, I was listening to some uh, – a former GM did an interview today with PFF, and he was talking about how they kind of lay out their board um, – regardless of staff, you know, so they're going to go through kind of multiple processes here. So Marty um, and that team, the, the, the scouting department are going to kind of give everyone an evaluation, place them into bu buckets, regardless of position, you know, blue being that top tier player and, you know, top tier, regardless of position, so tackles, corners, running backs, who's ever in there and then kind of work down. And then I think once the staff's in place, 
which will be, you know, hopefully in the next couple of days, next week, maybe um, they will start being able to give them, you know, assists with free agents in terms of watching film and kind of uh, completing their evaluation and also kind of finalizing their uh, draft uh, process of the prospect. So all that stuff kind of working together, not super critical now, but it will be very critical you know, that this gets done sooner rather than later. Yeah. I guess the thing with the combine is it's your first big interview opportunity. It'd be nice. Everyone's there. And so like senior bowl. Okay, fine. It's a very select group of prospects. It's better if you can have people in place, but it's not that big of a deal. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't care that Rivera wasn't there, frankly. Um, that that's fine. When you start to get to the combine is when like, okay, at this point, all your postseason stuff is done. It's time for the coaches to get involved in the process. And, To have the coaches, it's not because it's not just like looking at the tape and that can be done whenever. Look at the tape. Does this guy fit what we want to do? But ultimately, especially for like a first round pick and they're probably looking O-line. So like deciding if Matt Scow is going to be the guy or not seems pretty important to prioritize. Like these are you only get like a certain amount of interviews at the combine. Yeah. Not that you can't bring those players in in your your draft visits or go see them at their pro days. And there are other ways around it. It's not the end of the world. And look, sometimes coaches and and front offices don't want to telegraph what they're doing. And so they're like, yeah, we're just, we're going to play hard to get. We're never going to talk to a guy. We'll do our background research and then we'll draft him and he'll be stunned. Uh, and like, I don't, I don't think I would go with that process, but it happens. Um, yeah, I, I guess but I, do, just, I do feel uh, like yeah. getting it in place for next week. It would be a huge coup. And like, I would be really pressing if I was the and Rivera to get everything solidified. A hundred percent. But I'm saying, I guess what I'm saying is that like, it's not, it's it is a it is significant. I'm not saying it's insignificant because you want your O line coach to have an interaction with some of the prospects in the draft. However, it's not the end of the world. I guess is what I'm saying. Like they have yeah. enough kind of tiers in place already. You know, from an evaluation standpoint, that you can trust Ron's opinion, you can trust Marty's opinion, you can trust the enemy's opinion because he's going to be there, no doubt about it, to interview some of these uh, prospects. So. As long as those people are here, like, would it be awesome if there was if the if the actual O line coach was there? One hundred percent. But I, what I'm saying is, it's not it's not the end it's not the end of the world if they don't have that guy. It, would it be nice? Absolutely. But I think they have enough. Again, like I said, um, evaluation structures in place at this moment that they can survive him not being there and still come out with some good evaluations. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, last thing real quick before we get to the conversation with MJD. Taylor Luan released today by the Titans or will be released by the Titans, uh, depending on when you hear this and and when the processing goes through. Um, Charles Leno's there at left tackle. Um, He's fine. Um, Not someone you couldn't upgrade over, but you can do a whole lot worse than Leno. His number's not terrible. But Luan has certainly been at a higher level throughout his career, Mm -hmm. albeit last couple of years, not so much because of injury. Would you be kicking the tires on Taylor Luan and what kind of price tag would it take to, to do that? 
I would 1,000% be kicking the tires on Taylor Lewan. I think he's an excellent football player. Obviously, the injury history is is tough to deal with, but he's one of the best athletes at the position in all of football. Um, obviously, struggles struggled a little bit last year with some drop-back passing, pass protection type situations. But I think I would definitely kind of see what he wants, see what he's looking for, because you never know the situation's right for you. Because I think I would guess he's probably looking for like that 15 to $16 million a year range uh that's just a total guess i haven't looked up anything on it you know we just found, i just found out he was going to get released at right the second but um i do think that there is there's value there let's say it's a 10 or nine and a half you could get him for by some miracle right there the market's not what he thought um or what he thinks and you can get him like get him in here right you can move leno to right tackle potentially move him to guard you there are things you can do to accommodate a football player like that and um again the price tag has to be right the situation has to be right but I would definitely, definitely, definitely uh, explore that. You know, like I said, like even with a Derek Carr thing, you want to know what the market is because, quite frankly, this offensive line class is is relatively weak. You've got um, Orlando Brown, who is going to ask for a ton of money. You got Kayla McGarry, who I expect Atlanta to re-sign, but if not, kind of a very specific scheme fit in terms of run-first approach. Taylor Lawan on the market is is a big deal now because it's adds a little bit of depth gives you some flexibility and free agency. It makes you a little bit less reliant on the draft. And I think if, if it, again, if, if the situation is correct, I think that's the right thing to do. That is an interesting thought to move Leno to right tackle. Cause he's played some right tackle. If I'm yeah. I think he has correctly. I'd have to look um, it up, but yeah, I think he has, uh, obviously now people will, uh, correct us if we're wrong yeah. in the comments, because Leave it that's in the what comment, the comment please. section was made yes. for. Um, but I mean, the thing is with Leno, like you could cut him and save a. If you do post June first, like save like ten million in cap space, and if that's what it's going to take to sign Luan, yeah. I mean, Leno's Leno's an interesting contract to look at. Um, he's set to make twelve this year, set to make fourteen next year. Um, but the way it was structured, it's not terribly painful to move on. Mm -hmm. Um, you can either you can release him outright pre June one save almost $8 million and have about four and a half in dead space. Post-June 1 release, you have 2.2 in dead cap this year, 2.2 in dead cap next year, and you save $10 million this year on the cap. Mm, wow. So that is interesting. You know, that's kind of what they did with Morgan too, right? There was a little bit of dead yeah. money associated with that cut, and it ended up working out. I, You know, I think Leno's obviously catching a lot of heat, and I think rightfully so in certain situations. But I think overall, you look at him and you say he's a – B minus ish C plus left tackle, which is a passable grade at the position. And so I think you feel pretty good about him, you know, playing some football for you, especially at that number, given some things you have to do for uh, pain in terms of extension. But if you get Taylor Lewan at a similar number, I would definitely explore that, you know, and I'm not advocating cutting uh, Charles. Cause I think, like I said, he had some mistakes at kind of glaring moments. He was nursing an injury the entire year and played through it. So I, I have a lot of respect for what Charles did. Um, and I don't think you'd necessarily need to move on. But, you know, I've said this before on the podcast, and it, and it is a little bit heartless of me to say, but as a, you know, someone who's empathizing with the team and, and looking to win championships, you're always looking to upgrade at every position if the price is correct. And um, I would definitely, 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 definitely look uh, at this this price tag and see if the situation works for, for Washington. Uh, I also now have pulled up his pro football reference. He's listed as tackle his first year in Chicago, so he might have played a little right tackle right. as a rookie, uh, but has played predominantly left tackle. Uh, Which is always a tough career. switch, you know. Like you yeah. saw how 
teams that batting are, righty are, versus batting lefty. Right. It's tough. So, you know, I'm not sure that's a feasible thing, but I would definitely, like I said, whether yeah. it's the right thing or not for him, I would definitely explore that. And, um, cause I think Taylor Lewan, again, like I said, you know, he had the highest RAS score like ever in the history of the combine. I think it was a perfect 10, which is crazy to think about RAS raw athletic score. So obviously a tremendous athlete, a lot of upside recent yeah. history has not been kind of, yeah. You know, question is but, that what is he what is he coming off the injuries? Um, sure, and that's right. and he, you know Leno's I think a little bit older than Luan, but Leno's been healthy relatively sure. speaking uh, compared to the season ender that Luan had. All right, uh, so we will continue obviously to monitor that stuff and get into that deeper as we head towards free agency. But next we are joined by NFL Network analyst Maurice Jones. 